Chapter Ten of the Rebel of the School by Mrs. L. T. Mead. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten, The Wild Irish Girls' Society. It started. While Susie sat in the parlor, a tramp happened to pass the brightly lighted shop. He was weather-beaten and slipshod, and altogether made a most disreputable appearance a hand was thrust into each of his pockets and these pockets were destitute of coin the tramp was hungry and penniless the little shop with its gay light and tempting articles of stationery and books and sealing wax displayed in the window were quite to the man's taste he could not see the parlour beyond nor the peephole where susie was supposed to be able to watch the shop he only noticed that no one was within the tramp was in the humour to do something desperate. He entered the shop under the pretence of begging, made straight for the till, pulled it open, and took out a handful of money. He had no time to count his spoils, but leaving the till drawers still open, he dashed out of the shop. Now it so happened that Susie, when the tramp stole in, had gone upstairs to fetch a fresh exercise book she noticed nothing amiss on her return and went tranquilly on with her work eight o'clock struck and susie was in despair i can't possibly fail kathleen she said to herself she started this splendid idea in order to help me and give me pleasure i must be at the quarry whatever happens to-night something very unusual is detaining mother i know what i'll do i'll shut up the shop at half-past eight leave a little note for mother and then go to the quarry as fast as i can i will tell mother that i am due at an important meeting and she is sure not to question me mother is always very kind and gives me as much liberty as she can susie made a great struggle to keep her mind centred on her books but with all her efforts her thoughts would wander. They wandered to Kathleen and to the Wild Irish Girls' Society. They wandered to her other schoolfellows. They wandered to the hardship of having to take care of the shop when she wished to be otherwise employed. And finally, they settled themselves on Ruth Craven. She could not help wondering what Ruth would do, whether she would continue to be a valuable aid to the queen of the new society or whether she would give them up altogether i'd almost like her not to stay with us thought susie for then perhaps kathleen would make me her prime minister i'd like that kathleen is the dearest truest greatest lady i ever came across she doesn't think anything of birth nor of those sort of tiresome distinctions she thinks of you for what you are worth yourself and she is so splendid to look at and has such a gallant sort of way i do admire her just the shop bell rang susie was out in a moment a woman had called for a pennyworth of paper and an envelope she put down her penny on the counter and susie supplied her from a special box i was in such a taking said the woman i just remembered at the last moment that all the shops were shut i don't know what i should have done 
if i haven't the cord that mrs hopkins keeps hers open until nine o'clock i am obliged to you little girl i have to send this letter to my son in india and i'd miss the mail if it wasn't posted to-night you couldn't now i suppose oblige me with a stamp of course i can said susy cheerfully mother always keeps a supply of stamps in the till she turned to the till as she spoke and for the first time noticed that the drawer was open how careless of me not to have shut it she thought it did not occur to her to examine its contents or to suppose for a single moment that any one had taken money out of it she provided the woman with a stamp and then shut the drawer of the till it was now half-past eight and susy determined to take the ball by the horns and to close the shop without further ado she sent for the little maid in the kitchen to put up the shutters and in a minute or two the shop was in darkness and susy was racing through the remainder of her lessons it would take her a quarter of an hour running most of the way to reach the old quarry and she must have three or four minutes to dress she stood up therefore at her work in order as she expressed it to save time she was so occupied when her mother came in why have you shut the shop susy said mrs hopkins in an annoyed voice it is only a very little past half-past eight and i saw two poor women outside they wanted a penny for paper each they said we thought you always kept open until nine o'clock now it was spread all over the place that i shut at half-past eight why did you do it susy it's hard enough to make ends meet without adding any more difficulties mrs hopkins stood looking very pale and perplexed in the parlour susy glanced at her mother and could not help reflecting that the poor woman was fit to drop sit down mother she said i was so distracted i have to be a good way from here at nine o'clock i couldn't think whatever kept you i was obliged to shut the shop i am sorry well never mind you didn't tell me that you were going out i wish you wouldn't go out so much in the evening susy it does make it so hard for me there's no one now to help me with a bit of mending and all your things are getting so racketed through what kept you mother said susy ignoring her mother's speech oh it was your aunt she's in such a talking about little peter she's quite certain he's in for measles or something worse i'm persuaded that it's nothing but a cold i never saw such a muddled-headed woman as your aunt bessie she hadn't a thing handy in the place i had to stay and see the doctor and then to fetch the medicine myself and then put the child to bed i assure you i haven't sat down since i left and i suppose she never thought of giving you as much as a cup of tea said susy no answered her mother then catching sight of the teapot she added you might have had the tea things removed susy i will make myself a fresh cup susy stood still for a moment temptation tugged at her heart her mother certainly required if ever a mother did require a daughter but the wild irish girls surely they were pining for her in the distance 
i wish i could help you mother i would if i hadn't promised to go out if you will give me the latch key i can let myself in you needn't wait up i promise to lock up carefully very well dear said mrs hopkins she did not reproach susy that was not her way she put a little kettle on the gas stove fetched a clean cup and saucer and presently sat down to her belated meal susy dashed upstairs she put on her hat and jacket snatched up a pair of gloves and the next moment was out of the house free at last she thought but oh what an evening i have had i must say it is horrid to be poor now if i was rich like kathleen wouldn't i have a gay time of it poor dear mother she should drive in a carriage and i'd ride on my pony by her side and tom should be a public schoolboy there'd be no horrid shop then and no horrid woman coming in for half a horse and penny orbs of paper but as she ran through the autumn night air she felt that after all there was something good in life the pulses which had been languid enough in the stuffy little parlour at the back of the shop now galloped fiercely she arrived two or three minutes after nine but still in fairly good time to see a number of dark heads surrounding a bright light this light was caused by two lamps which had been placed on the ground in the old quarry kathleen had brought them herself in a hamper she had managed to buy them that day and had smuggled them off without any one being the wiser a large bottle of crystalline oil accompanied the lamps kathleen who had dressed lamps for pleasure at home knew quite well how to manage them and when susie appeared they stood at each end of a wide patch of light kathleen herself was in the midst of the light and the other girls clustered round the edge isn't it scrumptious said kate rook oh is that you susie hopkins you are late yes i know i am it's a wonder i could come at all said susie ruth craven hasn't come yet said another voice yes here she is cried a third and ruth came and stood at the edge of the patch of light kathleen flung off her hat and the light from the lamps lit up her brilliant hair her cheeks were flaming with colour and her very dark blue eyes looked as black as night she faced her companions well she said here we are and we call ourselves the wild irish girls i really wonder if you english girls who are assembled here in the old quarry tonight have the least idea what it means to be a wild irish girl if you don't know i'd like to tell you yes do tell us cried several the principal thing that it means continued kathleen raising her voice to a slightly theatrical pitch and extending her arm so that the lamplight fell all over it the chief thing is that it is to be free yes free as the air free as the mountain streams free as the dear darling glorious everlasting mountains themselves oh to know freedom and then to be torn away from it girls i will tell you the truth i feel in your dull old england as though i were in prison 
yes that's about it i don't like england i want you girls to join me in loving ireland but we can't hate england said kate rook that is quite impossible if ireland is your native land england is ours and we cannot help loving her very much you have never known ireland continued kathleen you are not cramped up in that favoured spot you are allowed to get up when you like and go to bed when you like to eat what you like to read what books you like to row on the lake to shoot in the bogs to gallop on your pony over the moors and and oh to live the life of the free it was ruth craven who now interrupted the eager words of the queen of the new society can't you tell us kathleen she said how to get ireland into england how to introduce what is good of ireland into england that is the use of the society as far as i am concerned with the exception of yourself we are all english girls yes said susy suddenly and we have very bad times most of us i wish you knew what a dull evening i have just been living through taking care of a tiny very dull little shop mother was out looking after a sick child and i had to mind the shop poor woman came in for pennyworths of paper i can tell you there wasn't much freedom about that it was all horrid well we have shops in ireland too continued kathleen and i suppose people have to mind them but what i want to say now is this i have been sent over to this country to learn my aunt katie o'flynn she is the finest figure of a woman you ever laid eyes on thought that i ought to have learning mother thought so too but the dad didn't care much however i needn't worry you about that i have been sent here and here i am when i came to your wonderful school and looked all around me i said to myself if i am not to have companions why i'll die the heart of kathleen o'hara will be broken now who amongst the schoolgirls will suit me i saw that very dull cassandra weldon and i noticed a few companions of hers who were much the same sort then i observed dear pretty little ruth craven and someone said to me you won't take much notice of ruth for she's only a foundationer girl that made me mad oh yes it did give me your hand ruth that made my whole heart go out to ruth then i was told that a lot of the girls were foundation girls and they weren't as rich as the others and they were somewhat snubbed so i thought my time has come i am an irish girl and the heritage of every irish girl handed down to her from a long line of ancestors is to help the oppressed so now i am going to help all of you and we are going to found the society and we are going to have a good time kathleen's somewhat incoherent speech was received with shouts of applause we must make a few rules she continued when her young companions had ceased to shout just a few big rules which will be quite easy for all of us to obey certainly said kate and i have brought a notebook with me and if you will dictate them kathleen i will jot them down that is easy enough said kathleen well i am queen 
certain you are who else could be of course you are queen darling dear sweet duck fell from various pairs of lips thank you said kathleen looking round at them her dark blue eyes becoming dewy with a sudden emotion i think she added i love you all already and there is nothing on earth i wouldn't do for you hear her the dear she is bringing a fine change into our lives cried a mass of girls who stood a little out of the line of light well said kathleen i am queen and i have my cabinet now the girls of my cabinet are the following ruth craven is my prime minister kate rook comes next in importance then follow susie hopkins clara sawyer hannah johnson rosie myers mary redland now all of you girls whom i have named are expected to uphold order such order as is alone necessary for the wild irish girls you are expected on all occasions to uphold the authority of me your queen you are never under any circumstances to breathe a word against dear old ireland the other girls who join the society will be looked after by you you will instruct them in our rules and you will help them to be good members of a most important society i believe there are a great many girls willing to join if so they will hold up their hands immediately a great show of hands was visible now kate work cried kathleen please take down the names of the girls who intend to become members of the wild irish girls the girls came forward one by one and kate took down their names and it was quickly discovered that out of the hundred foundationers who belonged to the great shirley school sixty had joined kathleen's society we shall soon get the remaining forty said mary rand they will be all agog to come on their positions are not so very pleasant as it is poor things perhaps sixty are about as many as we can manage for the present said kathleen now girls i intend to present you each with a tiny badge i have a bag full of them here will you each come forward and accept the badge of membership kathleen's badges were very much admired the eager girls bending down toward the light of the lamps in order to examine them more thoroughly she had strung narrow green ribbon through each of the little silver hearts and the girls could therefore slip them over their heads at once you must hide them said kathleen the thing about these badges is that you will always feel them pressing against your hearts and nobody else will know anything about them they belong to ireland and to me to the home of the three and to kathleen o'hara they seal you as my loving friends and followers for ever and ever girls are easily impressed and kathleen's words were so fervent that some of them felt quite choky about the throat they received their badges with hands that very nearly trembled kathleen next handed a slightly handsomer badge but with exactly the same device to the members of her cabinet finally she took the box of pale blue cashmere blouses 
and opened it in the light of the lamps the enthusiasm which had been extremely keen before the appearance of the blouses now rose to fever height whom were these exquisite creations meant for kathleen smiled as she handed one to mary rand another to ruth craven another to kate rook and finally to each member of her cabinet i wish i could give you all a blouse apiece she said to the other girls of the society but i am afraid that is not within my means i choose these sweet blouses on purpose because i know you could wear them at any time girls she added turning to the members of her cabinet outsiders won't know they will wonder at the beauty of your dress but they won't know what it means but we will know she shouted aloud to her companions we will know that these girls belong to us and to old ireland and in particular to me and they will be faithful to me as their queen oh dear said little alice harding a pale-faced girl who loved fine dress and never could aspire to it what means can i take to become a member of the cabinet by being a very good outside member and trusting to your luck laughed kathleen but the time is passing and we must proceed to what little business is left for to-night each member of the cabinet took possession of her own blouse wrapped it up tenderly and tucked it under her arm kathleen desired someone to throw the tell-tale box away and then she collected her followers round her now she said rule one to stick through thick and thin each to the other yes cried every voice rule two if possible never to quarrel each with the other this rule also was received with acclamations rule three to have a bit of fun all to ourselves at least once a week this rule quite brought down the house they shouted so loud that if the spot had been less lonely someone would certainly have taken cognizance of their proceedings rule four that as far as possible we hold ourselves aloof from the paying members of the great shirley school this rule was not quite as enthusiastically received the foundationers were not altogether without friends amongst the other girls of the school ruth craven in particular had several i don't think that is a very fair rule she said i am fond of alice tennant and i am fond of cassandra weldon and i care for lucy sharp and i am devoted to amelia dawson said other members of the cabinet nevertheless kathleen was firm the rule must be held she said in a society like ours there are always rules which are not quite agreeable to everyone my principal object in starting this society is to put those horrid paying girls in their proper places there must not be friendship not real friendship i mean between us and them you are a paying girl yourself suddenly exclaimed mary rand i know i wish i were not but i can't help myself you must allow me to stand alone i am your queen that you are 
and i love you said mary this rule must hold good repeated kathleen i must insist on my society adhering to it ruth craven why are you silent because i earnestly wish i had not joined i cannot give up cassandra nor alice nor nor the other girls nonsense ruth you dare not fail me now said kathleen with enthusiasm i will make it up to you you shall come with me to ireland in the summer you shall oh ruth don't fail me i won't but i hate that rule and girls i think we must part now said kate work it is getting late and it would never do for our secret meetings to be discovered whatever happens we must stick together said kathleen well good night we meet again this day week there was quite a flutter of excitement along that lonely road as the wild irish girls returned to their different homes susy hopkins felt quite the happiest and most light-hearted of any by and by she and ruth craven found themselves the only girls who were walking down the road called southwood lane this road led right into the centre of the shops where susy's mother lived what a good thing said susy that i took the latch-key with me it is past ten o'clock mother would be wild if she had to sit up so late ruth was silent aren't you happy ruthie don't you think it is all splendid cried susy yes and no said ruth you see i am a foundationer and when she pressed me to join i hated not to but now i am sorry that i have joined what am i to do about cassandra and about alice you think a great deal about cassandra don't you oh yes she is quite a splendid girl and she has been so very good to me i suppose you are quite in love with her no i don't think i am it isn't my way to fall violently in love with girls like some of the rest of you but i like her and i like alice tennant all the same said susy it is worth sacrificing a little thing to belong to the wild irish girls did you ever in all your life see anyone look more splendid than kathleen as she stood with the light of those big lamps upon her she is a wonderful girl so graceful and with such a power of eloquence and she has such a way of just taking you by storm and her language is so poetic oh i adore her she is the sort of girl that i could die for if all irish girls are like her ireland must be a wonderful country to live in but they are not said ruth half of them are quite commonplace she happens to be rich and beautiful and to have a taking way but all the others are not like her i am certain of it anyhow whether they are or not i am glad to belong to the society said susy it will give us great fun and we need not mind now whether the paying girls are disagreeable to us or not then too think of the blouses we have got oh dear oh dear when i put mine on on sunday mother will gape i shall feel proud of myself in it 
she was just sweet of her to get things like this to give to us and she knew we weren't well off oh i do think she's one in a thousand she must have thought of you ruth when she ordered these sweet pale blue colours for that colour is yours isn't it i suppose so said ruth well all the same i feel rather anxious i like her of course but i think she is mistaken i must go on now but i feel somehow what said susie with some impatience as though i had not done right as though i had something to conceal well i can't help myself only i won't hate the girls you are good to me good night susie we won't be in time for school in the morning if we stay talking any longer End of chapter 10